Hotel owners, improve your purchasing chain and your profits with suppliers from Gujarat. Meet them at a free expo at the SLPS Event Center in Dallas from April 27th to April 29th. Get faster delivery, lower import fees and better prices. Call 844-797-6111 for no-cost registration. Organized by Southern Gujarat Chamber of Commerce and Industry and sponsored by AHOA. If you think you're keeping up with the news, tell us what you know. Get on the Indo-American News Radio Quiz Show. I think I know this. The only quiz of its kind on Desi Radio. In the U.S. And win points, a prize, laughs, and make friends. To get on the Indo-American News Radio, email today. News at yahoo.com or call 713-789-6397. Indo-American News Radio on Masala 90. 8.7 FM every Saturday 3 to 6 PM with Jawahar Sanchali Pramod and Jyoti Indo-American News Radio India News US News World News Movie Reviews and Local Community Roundup every Saturday 4 to 6 PM on Masala 98.7 FM Hi, I'm Jawahar I'm Sanchali and I'm Pramod Indo-American Indo News Radio, Radio. Well, hello, 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 everyone out there. How's everyone doing? It's warming up, Pramod. Yeah, it certainly is. It's too early and to I'm get glad this for hot. It. You know, you're not ready for it, are you? No, I am. I no, love it. <laughs> don't tell me that. I'm not ready for it. I wanted some more spring weather. I prefer... It's just the onset of spring, <laughs> not summer. Come on, Pramod. I prefer 100 degrees to 60 degrees. Oh, my. I'm just the opposite. <laughs> I think it's too early for summer. We need some more days of spring. I hope it cools down again. Yes, it's good to have you, Sanchali. And this is our second week without Jawahar. Yay! <laughs> and even and Jyoti's been, not here. We've been doing well so far, but we are very fortunate and privileged to have Sudhir with us today. Right. I'm he's, so happy that he stayed back for the... That's right. Jyoti's gone and Sudhir is with us and we're happy for it. All right. Say hello, Sudhir. I don't think anyone's heard your voice. <laughs> well, I have big shoes to fill, so I'm a bit nervous. <laughs> he chooses well, not do, to say anything. <laughs> if you don't know Sudhir, he's a pretty large guy, so he has big shoes. <laughs> yeah, but he's very shy. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, we are very happy to have Sudhir with us. And, uh, yeah, the second week without Jawahar, I think he's coming back on Monday. So, he'll be right. here next week. And That's right. We'll be back with, I think I know this, for the first hour. Today, we had uh, Jyoti with Classically Yours with Jyoti. And she played some phenomenal songs. And then, uh, you know, uh, you're watching a lot of sports. I know you're watching the. <laughs> That's right. NC. Lots of sports. Right. Good and bad. Yeah. <laughs> Not so good yesterday. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, you Cougar fans. Cougs lost? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know. I started watching it and I, it looked like they were going to lose because uh, we went for the for the show, right? So right, I, right. I didn't get to see the last that's part. That's true. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So we went to see the Berkeley Ensemble concert yeah, which yesterday. which was pretty, pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It was their first show in Houston and the show was called Shuruat and mm. they have a new uh, oh they've been nom nominated for the grammys so that's that's exciting yes so i'm glad they're doing so well the musicians were awesome phenomenal yes, yeah certainly yeah. so, so um, sanjali do you want to do the lineup yes we can do the line up 
So today, as you know, you heard Jyoti on Classically, Yours with Jyoti. She played melodies based on Raag Kafi Thaat. And for today, March 18th, um, you are listening to Indo-American News Radio, as you know, either on indoamerican-news.com or on 98.7 or on the Masala Radio app or maybe on www.masalaradio.com. So by Monday, you can hear our recorded show on podcast, which is uploaded on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public and Breaker. We have four years of podcasts and have had over 6,000 hits. Please do support our show. Select follow on our Spotify podcast channel to receive new updates and give us a five-star rating, please. At 4.20 p.m., we will be joined by Harris County Prosecutor Lindsay Bondurant. Since 2020, Lindsay has served as the Chief of the Animal Cruelty Section and is responsible for the filing of all animal cruelty cases in Harris County. The Houston Landing is an independent, nonpartisan news organization devoted to public service journalism that seeks to strengthen democracy and improve the lives of all Houstonians one story at a time. We'll be joined on the air by Houston Landing's founding chief editor, Mizanur Rahman, at 5 p.m. today. 5.30 p.m., we will be joined by the Hindu University of America president, Kalyan Vishwanathan. Hindu University of America is a digital campus with more than 2,600 students that have taken online courses. In fact, tomorrow there's a gala, a promote, yes. a fundraising gala organized by the uh, Hindus of Greater of Houston. Friends and, of Hindu University Yeah, and of Friends America. of Hindu University. So that's at 5.30 p.m. tomorrow at VPSS Haveli. So I did register for it. I'll go. Also, stay tuned for News Roundup views and discussions to be featured on our show or to advertise please contact us at 713-789-6397 or at indoamericannews at yahoo.com and do visit our website indoamerican-news.com to track all current stories and remember to visit our digital archives from over 15 years and if you'd like to call in now to give us your feedback, input, make any comments, please do call us at 281-277-6874. That's the Masala Radio Studio number. So we will be here till 6. Please feel free to call us. And now over to Pramod for his exciting news roundup. Thank you, Sanchali. Live from Indo-American News Radio, this is Pramod Kulkarni with the latest news from Houston, the United States, India, and around the world. At the top of the news in India is the disqualification of Congress Party leader Rahul Gandhi from the Lok Sabha. The disqualification came after a court in Surat on Thursday sentenced Rahul to two years of imprisonment in the Modi's surname remark case. During an election rally in 2019, Rahul had made the comment, how come all the thieves have Modi as the common surname? During a press conference on Saturday, Rahul stated that democracy is being attacked in the country. He said he will continue to ask questions and fight for democracy whether he is disqualified from parliament or jailed. 
In another development, the radical Khalistani preacher Amritpal Singh remains at large. The Kaltak Jathedar has asked Amritpal to surrender before the police and cooperate with the investigation. It appears that there are many Sikhs in the UK and Canada and perhaps even in the United States who are sympathetic to the Khalistan movement. In London, Sikhs have start, held protests and smashed windows of the Indian High Commission. In Canada, Foreign Minister Melanie Jolly said Canada is following developments in Punjab very closely. In continuation of the bank banking crisis, President Joe Biden said he was confident U.S. regional banks were in good shape and didn't foresee any major crisis on the horizon, and he downplayed Wall Street angst and lingering fears of a broader financial turmoil. The Federal Reserve also seems confident of avoiding a banking crisis. On Wednesday, the Fed raised the interest rates by 25 basis points in a continuing effort to fight inflation. On Thursday, the Bank of England followed through by raising its interest rate by the same 25 basis points. Despite being docked by various judicial inquiries, former President Donald Trump is kicking off his 2024 election campaign rally with a big rally in Waco. This rally comes on the 30th anniversary of the 51-day standoff between federal agents and the Branch Davidian cult. Looks like Trump is trying to draw a parallel between his judicial troubles and with the Branch Davidian disaster. On the local news, the city of Houston has fired Inframark, the contractor who allegedly botched operations at a Kingwood wastewater plant that resulted in the release of inadequately treated sewage. Last month, the Houston police searched the Kingwood Central wastewater plant where investigators said they found evidence that operators had forged samples and other documents to suggest that they had adequately treated sewage when they had not. In sports news, we are sad to report that the University of Houston lost its Sweet 16 match against the University of Miami by a score of 89-75. to As a result, Gallery Furniture's Mattress Mac lost $4 million in bets he had placed for the UH to win the tournament. We should be happy, however, that the University of Texas trounced Xavier to advance to the Elite Eight. If the Longhorns win, they'll be able to play in the Final Four tournament here in Houston. In India, the Women's Premier League will end Sunday with the final match between the Mumbai Indians, led by Herman Preet Kaur, against the Delhi Capitals team, led by Australian captain Meg Lanning. Finally this afternoon, climate change has affected the Canadian Hair Freezing Contest. During winter, contestants defy gravity by turning their hair into upward-facing icicles. This year, the con contest is affected by the lack of bone-chilling cold weather needed to freeze the hair. That's all the news for this afternoon. More views, discussions, and music as we continue with the Indo-American News talk show. How do they freeze the hair, Pramod? I'm trying to <coughs> visualize as to how you what get they that do done. Is, uh, first you get go it stand wet. in a freezer or what? No, no, no. With your hair wet? The outside weather is so cold right. that if you go out and, and just swing your hair, it will freeze. 
but this year the climate change uh, has yes. caused uh, uh, warm weather and they're not able to do that yeah i was just coming uh, while i was driving in just now on npr they were talking about rahul gandhi there was this correspondent who is who didn't sound indian of course was uh, saying all kinds of things against you know against democracy whom? that democracy has been challenged and you know well it is new york the, times also totally you know gave the wrong picture and well i think they are uh, do you know the details the right as thing. to what what is the defamation case i mean uh, no, uh, I just, with the last name what exactly is it no i what told did you he what do? he said yeah that is what i would like to know That's what did he, he say that I, I, i said it in the news yeah but, but i'll exactly, say it again what exactly all he said say? was how come all the thieves have modi as the common surname oh my god oh the a caller was be calling to tell us what <laughs> he said well i'll get the call okay thank you well uh you know uh that could be defamation and he could uh, pay the price for it but i think disqualification from the lok sabha uh is i think uh, oh, uh, an overreaction yeah it thank seems you. that way i mean he could basically defend himself under freedom of speech yeah and in this country i would think that's the way uh, one would defend yeah, yeah i think uh, i don't think uh, rahul gandhi would have been uh, oh yeah uh, put this, in jail you know, or disqualified he said this in this. 2019 do you know yeah, that yeah that's right uh, he said it in an election rally why right. do all these are modi as a surname i'm just reading it right now yeah. hmm Yeah so uh, I it certainly seems like an overreaction. Yeah because he was referring to Nirav Modi and Lalit Modi. Yeah those who have ab- absconded. Right right. But I think putting Prime Minister Modi in the same category is is uh, not right. Uh-huh. So that is a wrong but two wrongs don't make a right. So the defamation case was filed by leader of the BJP uh, in Gujarat. Uh-huh. His name is Purnesh Modi. Yeah. So he said that his comments had defamed the entire Modi community <laughs> because Modi is a very common last name in, oh, okay. in Gujarat. Okay. So well, now we obviously know the, now we cannot say anything about anyone. N- you should not be anyway. You know, <laughs> just generalizing and making co- such comments. So, okay. Right. So yeah. So what else is new, Pramod? Have you watched any movies? Well, we're looking forward to the Pratham Gala tonight. Yes. 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 And uh, Preeti Zinta. is, is uh, already guest. here and i mm-hmm. saw some facebook pictures of her in being in houston okay so that's the pratham gala tonight and donald trump is making his uh, his supporters wait he still hasn't shown up in waco for oh, the really? election rally so yeah that's what i just heard on npr oh okay yeah yeah it was quite an interesting choice venue choice of venue right that's true but you know what i've uh, read is that Uh, when he said that last tuesday he would be oh yeah the indictment indicted yes. and arrested uh, he was able to raise uh, millions of dollars just based on that uh, and you know how they tweet. took precautions you know they were all yeah. ready right but i think it possibly could happen next week you think it will happen yeah i think so what do you think sudhir i've heard that you know there are several cases uh, pending against uh, trump yes and uh, this seems like one of the weakest cases yeah possibly as a result uh, others may try to dissuade uh, this da in new york from 
proceeding with this case at oh, this okay. point yes, in time. That is, what that is my yeah. feeling too. I think nothing will happen. And there's also a lot of pressure on, uh, I think his name is Alvin Bragg, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, attorney, district attorney uh, in New York. And several congressional committees have asked f- uh, for his uh, testimony in the Congress. Mm-hmm. So he does seem to be under a lot of uh, strain. Yeah. And yeah. we don't know, but possibly the grand jury will op- um, renew its uh, uh, proceedings next week and then we'll see what happens. Yeah, with the, uh, you know, uh, the Capitol building uh, storming, they could do nothing. So, yeah. you know, if they can't do anything with that kind of, you know, uh, what should I say, criminal <laughs> behavior, <laughs> then this is like flimsy compared yeah. to that, don't you think? That, I mean, yeah. They've been like trying a, to get him for a long time, but nothing yeah. seems to hold yeah, him. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. This one is a misdemeanor. Yes, at, at, at the most, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, But the uh, other two cases are uh, the one related to classified documents in Washington, D.C., and the third one is uh, Fulton County in Georgia, about uh, pressuring the election officials to yes. get him some 1,200 votes. Yeah. So those are still pending, is yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. So I think it's time for our... Classified documents. Correct. Yeah. It's so now we'll, time for our... Uh, yeah, we'll be right back. Station after. break. Yeah. We'll talk to you soon. News Radio. India News. U.S. News. World News. Movie Reviews. And Local Community Roundup. Every Saturday. 4 to 6 p.m. On Masala 98.7 FM. Hi, I'm Jawahar. I'm Sanchali. And I'm Pramod. Indo-American News Radio. Hotel owners, improve your purchasing chain and your profits with suppliers from Gujarat. Meet them at a free expo at the SLPS Event Center in Dallas from April 27th to April 29th. Get faster delivery, lower import fees, and better prices. Call 844-797-6111 for no-cost registration, organized by Southern Gujarat Chamber of Commerce and Industry, and sponsored by AHOA. Willie Nanayakara and Associates, our hometown full-service immigration law firm for over three decades. Mr. George Willie unfailingly engages us in stimulating discussions about various topics, political, social, or current headlines every Thursday. My family thoroughly enjoys listening to his informed yet impartial views with his very own patented sense of humor and wit. George Willie, immigration attorney, live every Thursday. Stay at 9.30 a.m. on Masala Radio, 98.7 FM. Calling DP was our best move, honey. Her over 30 years of experience helped us to choose the right cabin. Ah, you said it. And now let's take a walk on the deck in this lovely moonlight. For the best deals on Royal Caribbean's Allure of the Seas, call DP now at 713-468-7000 or email dp at travelexpresshouston.com. Indo-American News Radio. India News. U.S. News. World News. Movie Reviews. And Local Community Roundup. Every Saturday. 4 to 6 p.m. On Masala 98.7 FM. Hi, I'm Jawahar. I'm Sanchali. And I'm Pramod. Indo-American News Radio. Radio. 
School of Law before joining the Harris County District Attorney's Office team in 2014. Throughout her time at the office, Lindsay has served in many different prosecution roles, including the Trial Bureau and Child Abuse. Since 2020, Lindsay has served as the Chief of the Animal Cruelty Section and is responsible for the filing of all animal cruelty cases in Harris County, and along with another prosecutor for the prosecution of all filed cases. When not at work, Lindsay enjoys spending time with her husband and their rescue golden retriever, Millie, and sewing bandanas for Millie to sport on special occasions. Uh, Lindsay, welcome to our uh, radio show. Yes, thank you all so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Oh, great. Uh, uh, you know, you deal with animal cruelty. Uh, can you give us a definition of what animal cruelty is? Certainly. So in Texas, it's not as uh, as simple as just kind of, you know, a, a one, one sentence or one paragraph answer even. There's a lot of different complexity to it in the state of Texas. Um, first, Texas separates the types of animals covered into non-livestock and livestock. So there are different laws depending on whether the, um, you know, possible cruelty is directed at maybe a horse or a cow or a pig versus if it's directed at maybe a dog, cat, rabbit, something like that. So when we're talking about animal cruelty towards a non-livestock animal, that's what we typically think of as more house pet type of things. We have um, several different, different ways that offense can be committed. Um, we have kind of what people normally think of, which is when you cause unjustifiable pain or suffering to an animal. So when you might, um, you know, physically abuse it um, or when you might um, kill it in a cruel manner or something like that. Then we have some of the offenses that are a little bit lower level, um, but still very serious, which are more neglect-based offenses. So maybe not feeding your animal enough, um, not providing it adequate medical care, not providing it necessary water or not providing it necessary um, shelter. There are some more obscure uh, non-livestock statutes as well, um, such as um, like cockfighting, dogfighting. Um, there's interference with uh, police service animals, which is when uh, you would do something like uh, maybe interfere with a dog who is doing a drug search or trying to make an arrest um, or uh, some some poisoning an animal, something like that, some more obscure ones you don't see as much. And then for livestock, we have a lot of similar offenses, mainly the neglect ones. And we also have things that are a little bit unique, um, mainly because of our, our uh, history as a as agricultural state of Texas, um, such as tripping a horse is also an offense. Uh -huh. So basically, mm -hmm. we're, we're left with things like just taking care of your animals and not doing anything to affirmatively hurt them. Hmm. So, Lindsay, are the majority of these reported? And if they are, how many are really prosecuted? So it's hard to really say if the majority are reported or not. I think that in the last, you know, several several years, um, attitudes have really changed, probably the last 20 years. Um, animals are definitely still considered property in the state of Texas, but people are very, very willing to um, help and uh, make these reports to either police or to humane organizations um, or to, you know, just, just some sort of authority to get these animals help. And so whereas I think maybe, you know, 15, 20 years ago, somebody might have seen a dog in a hot car and said, oh, it's not my problem, um, or heard, you know, a dog constantly crying in the backyard that's just skin and bones. 
I think now more people are, are uh, willing to report and follow through with cooperative law enforcement on those. So while it's not really possible to say how many are reported or the majority are, I think we have fairly decent reporting reporting numbers at this point. And uh, are most of these uh, related to livestock or are they related to pets? I would say vastly more are related to pets. Uh-huh. Um, now, there are certain areas of town that are more more rural and have very um, active um, you know, animal husbandry type of type of uh, facilities, um, horse boarding and things like that. We do see quite a few um, reports of horse neglect and things like that. You know, most most people in Harris County are are wonderful pet owners, wonderful livestock owners, and take very good care of their animals. But there are there are people that aren't, and so we received um, calls about or receive reports and uh, offenses regarding horses. But I'd say the vast vast majority are going to concern. Your, your typical household pets like dogs, cats, um, and then the occasional rabbits. Lindsay, I thought I heard you mention that even the dogs that are used by security or the police for drug searches and, um, you know, related kind of, you know, uh, searches, are they can also be subjects of cruelty, is that right? Yeah, so if, like, let's say that um, a police dog is trying to um, assist an officer making an arrest, you know, chasing a suspect or something like that, Mm-hmm. And when they make uh, make a contact with a suspect, the suspect starts punching them in the face and maybe pulls out a weapon and, and stabs the police dog. That would be a separate offense um, because you are interfering with a, a service animal for a police person. Um, same thing if you were to, you know, go to maybe uh, a livestock facility where there are a bunch of mounted patrol horses and you, you know, let them all out or harm all of them or something like that. That could be an offense. There's also... Um, uh, service animals for people are protected as well under the law. So if somebody has a service animal and another person um, injures it, harms it, or something like that, um, that can also be a separate offense as well. Lindsay, can you tell us what number one should call if they see an instance of animal cruelty? Uh, so there, are, what number to call to report? Yes. So there's actually, um, the way cases come to us, there's a couple of different ways. One of the easiest is to call the number for the Harris County Animal Cruelty Task Force, which is um, 832-927-PAWS, P-A-W-S, and someone there will be able to um, assist you in making a report. You can also make a report through the Harris County Animal Cruelty Task Force um, online website. Um, That's super easy to do, just to kind of fill out a form and explain the situation. Um, And then uh, both... Uh, community partners such as BARC, Harris County Pets, um, the HSPCA, Houston Humane Society, and then other basic animal control uh, organizations like you know, Pasadena Animal Control or something. They look into those reports as well as law enforcement when, when necessary. So um, like Precinct 5, Harris County Sheriff's Office, um, HPD, uh, Harris County uh, Council Precinct 1 are the main, uh, main law enforcement agents in Harris County that really have focused divisions on animal cruelty, but all law enforcement agencies would be able to, to investigate if they needed to. Thank you. Lindsay, what are the penalty ranges for the more common types of cruelty? So the most common ones we're going to see um, are, again, your, your primarily your uh, cruelty to non-livestock animals. And so you're going to see a lot of uh, what are called Class A misdemeanors. So for a Class A misdemeanor, you're looking at anywhere up to a year in jail or um, a several thousand dollar fine, um, or uh, that's going to be if you are not feeding your animal enough, not uh, providing it care, shelter, water, something like that. 
Then we get into more um, kind of a, a purposeful, less less neglectful actions and more um, intentionally harming an animal, such as um, you know, physically causing it pain on purpose, something like that. And those are going to be um, primarily felonies. Usually we're looking at a third-degree felony from about a penalty range of two years to 10 years in prison. Uh, and then all of these also could be uh, resolved with probation as well, if that is appropriate um, in a particular circumstance. Uh, Lindsay, uh, more broadly, what does uh, justice look like in related to animal cruelty? So, you know, there's, there's a lot of different a lot of different things it can look like. Um, you know, one thing that we always take into consideration, this is for all cases, not just animal cruelty, but we take into consideration whether or not there's a situation where a person is maybe needing help, whether they, their behavior can be modified, can be changed, um, whether this is a first contact with the criminal justice system, whether this is a symptom of maybe a mental illness, um, something like that. We always take those things into consideration. And so if, you know, there may be a situation where a pretrial diversion is appropriate. If it's something as simple as a person's you know, kind of life just got out of control and they, and they lost track of keep taking care of their animal and there's a mental illness factor involved, it could be a pretrial diversion or probation. Then we get into scenarios where there people have serious histories of violence, serious histories of violence towards both animals and people, and this is just one, you know, one of many um, kind of instances we're seeing of a similar type of behavior that really concerned us both for you know, animals and for the human community. And in those situations, prison may be appropriate. Um, I've done everything for, you know, from from a pretrial diversion on a misdemeanor all the way up to prison on a felony. It just really depends on the particular circumstance, the facts of the case, um, and the person's history. Uh, Lindsay, is there a difference in the uh, type of pet owners uh, that uh, uh, have animal cruelty uh, charges filed against them? Like, is there a class difference, like people who may be rich or who may be poor? Is there such a difference? I, I, I have a little trouble hearing the question. Can you repeat the question, please? Yes. Uh, is uh, the people who are uh, prosecuted... I was trying to find out what uh, type of people they are. Are they necessarily like uh, uh, people who are in their poverty or and then they don't have the funds to take care of their animals? Or is it the rich people who may not be able to care for their pets? Uh, is there such a, a difference? You know, honestly, we see, we see all types. Okay. Um, and we certainly, certainly never want to punish anybody for maybe being in poverty and having limited means. And so one of the wonderful things that many of these um, community organizations like the FPCA, like BARC, um, do is they will try to make contact with somebody whose animal, you know, maybe not being fed or not being cared for. And they'll either provide them resources, provide them referrals to resources, or provide them education. And so when somebody is, is to the point where they're being charged for neglecting an animal, attempts at education and any sort of assistance have failed at that point. So it's not like we just see a skinny dog in someone's backyard and say, well, that's it, you know, that's, that's enough. We try to get to the bottom of how this got to be, whether this was somebody that, you know, is really genuinely couldn't afford something and just needs assistance or with somebody who just kind of doesn't care about their animal and was just letting them, letting them suffer. So we certainly never ever prosecute somebody just for being poor, you know, for animal cruelty or any offense. Um, we always try to get to the bottom of what, what is the cause of something. Um, when we make any sort of charging decision, but to your to your bigger question, whether or not there's a certain group of people, it it spans everyone. Sometimes people mm -hmm. are 
you know, a very limited means. And then we get people who are very wealthy who are neglecting their animals. Um, it just, it's not limited to one group. Yes. And uh, often we see on TV cases of uh, someone who may have uh, 20, 30 cats. Yes, I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, go ahead. Yes, yeah. hoarding. Hoarding, yeah. yes, sir. Yes, yes, yes. And I don't think they take good care of their pets, or if you can call them pets. <laughs> right. So hoarding is a tough one, and that's actually something where I think there's probably room for the legislature to do a little bit more. Um, there's no specific real definition in Texas law for what hoarding is. Um, what we kind of know it to be just based on, again, seeing on TV, seeing you know, some of these shows, is people who, you know, maybe accumulate, whether it be, you know, a house full of stuff or a house full of animals or whatever it is. Um, and so I've had several cases or we've had several cases in our, in our um, division over the last several years that have involved hoarding. And the, the difficulty under Texas law is that, you know, somebody may have 100 cats in a you know, 1,000 square foot apartment, oh, no. and they're all like mildly ill, but they're, none of them are so ill that it independently would be, it'd be something that it charged the person with. And so we're kind of left with a situation where we're saying, this, this isn't right, and the animals aren't in a good condition and aren't, aren't in a safe place, but there's not always something that we can do about it. Sometimes there is. Sometimes the animals are sick enough where we can absolutely establish that, it's, that they, the animals need to be confiscated and we need to prosecute. But sometimes it's kind of like, okay, all these animals, you know, have a cough. They're all, you know, in, in dirty cages and they're all, you know, kind of just not looking very, very healthy. But there's no major issue we can really isolate as being the problem. It's just the hoarding overall is the problem. And in those circumstances, we're kind of facing an uphill battle. Now, one thing I will also say about that is a lot of times in those hoarding situations, there's also maybe a mental health component for the person involved. And sometimes maybe it's something that the proper resolution is getting them some sort of mental health services um, and involving involving a um, community organization to help the, the person with the underlying issue um, as much as it is to helping them um, you know, get control of the animal situation. Lindsay, I'll just tell our listeners that you are listening to uh, Lindsay Bondurant. She's a Harris County prosecutor. And she is specializes in the subject of animal cruelty. So we are discussing several aspects of uh, animal cruelty with her. Uh, Lindsay, my next question is about the Houston Rodeo. So the rodeo just wrapped up. And what do you say to animal rights activists who question the treatment of livestock and rough stock at rodeos? Yeah, so... You know, we are a very rich and diverse country and state with a lot of different um, opinions, a lot of different um, perspectives on things. And, you know, I certainly understand that there, there are people who feel that um, rodeo may not um, have a place and may not be um, a humane way of treating animals. Now, what I'll say from a standpoint of, of legally, um, there are very specific carve-outs in Texas law um, for animal husbandry-related husbandry uh, activities. So whereas, you know, for example, something I can think of as, as maybe the simplest would be, um, you know, uh, sterilizing an animal, um, there, there are carve-outs for that being a humane thing to do or not being illegal, at least. Um, Texas has a very rich history of rodeo and animal husbandry, and the animals that are at the Houston Livestock and Rodeo Show are more often than not cared for in some of the best ways and by some of the best vets and, and most caring owners, um, you know, of... of that you find around. It's a far cry from the kind of 
puppy mill situation we usually think of um, where we have, like I said, you know, hoarding animals in cages, things like that. For the most part, and, and at least in my experience, the animals at the Houston Rodeo are always very well taken care of, very well treated, um, and, you know, very well um, participating in the rich history that Houston and that Texas and frankly this country has with animal husbandry and agriculture. Uh, thank you, Lindsay, for that comment. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, there's a commercial aspect to the Houston ra- Rodeo. And when mm-hmm. that is involved, I think people tend to take care, better care of the animals. Right. You know, I think that you're you're going to be hard pressed to find somebody um, coming to the rodeo with a with a you know starved or malnourished horse or cow or pig right. or rabbit or or anything. Um, now, I certainly understand the perspective also that you know some people think that animals just shouldn't be used for show or for um, you know exhibition or anything like that or any sort of uh, you know, rodeo activity. And, and again, I, I respect people's opinion, but in terms of the actual law in Texas, uh, there thank is, you, Lindsay. there's uh, nothing stopping that. We now have that. to go to a, a commercial break and we'll be back uh, after the, some uh, radio commercials and we'll be able to talk to Lindsay a once more. again. Yeah, stay tuned, please. Uh, so if anyone has uh, questions, you can call the studio number at 713-568- uh, 687764 और अगर कुछ है जो नहीं बदला वो है महाराजा के हीरे The most beautiful diamonds precisely crafted in eternal designs Maharaja best quality diamonds at 2020 prices Maharaja bringing diamonds to life 5821 Hillcroft 7134806776 Looking for fresh homemade spices? Chandrika Masala is the place. Chandrika Masala Retail Outlet at Factory Location, 13220 Morphy Road. Chandrika Masala, 100% homemade spices, atas and chutneys. 713-789-3088. ChandrikaMasala.com. 713-789-3088. Indo-American News Radio India News US News World News Movie Reviews And Local Community Roundup Every Saturday 4 to 6 p.m. On Masala 98.7 FM Hi, I'm Jawahar I'm Sanchali And I'm Pramod Indo-American News Radio Welcome back listeners uh, We're talking to Linda uh, Lindsay, rather, uh, Bondurant with the Harris County District Attorney's Office uh, dealing with animal cruelty. And uh, oh, we had yeah, a caller. Uh, just uh, in the previous segment before we went to our commercial break, there was a, a caller who called in and he had some very interesting comments. So he's a litter carrier and he's been a victim of uh, dog bites several times. So he was telling me that Houston is number one in dog bite cases. And he was also saying that uh, there are dog lawyers, apparently. <laughs> so I was thinking maybe Lindsay can throw some light on that. Yeah, 
certainly. Um, so I, I can't speak to whether or not we lead the nation, though I, <laughs> being, being one of the people who handles those calls, I wouldn't be surprised if we do. Uh-huh. Um, there certainly seems to be no shortage um, of dog bites, both, both minor and severe, um, in the Houston and Harris County area. So, um, yes, there are people who specialize in animal law and dog law. Um, and I think the reason that that is is because a lot of an- issues with animal bites are going to be civil issues. Um, what I deal with at the DA's office, what our office deals with, is all criminal issues. And so, for the most part, for an animal bite to be um, merit criminal charges, for it to qualify under the law as something criminal, there has to be very, very serious injuries. We're talking death or near-death injuries. But as I'm sure that the caller stated, and I'm sure he's unfortunately experienced countless times, um, very frequently dog bites are bad, just not quite that severe. And in those situations, majority of the time, it's going to be a civil issue, not a criminal issue. Um, and so that's why I think that um, lawyers relating to animals have popped up um, because of the, the number of bites that are out there in, in our community. Um, it's because it is something that people have to pursue civilly in order to, to get, um, get any sort of relief, whether it be paying for medical bills or, um, or making sure the dog doesn't have the opportunity to touch somebody again. So when there's a report of animal cruelty that comes into your office, do you all go and pick up the animal and put them in a shelter, or how exactly do you handle that immediately? So that is a, um, it's an interesting process, actually. So um, the process for taking the animal is actually an entirely civil process again, and so that usually resolves long before um, our office gets involved. It usually takes place between um, with the humane organization and the police, who will either see if the person will voluntarily surrender the animal, which happens sometimes, um, or will get what's called a civil seizure warrant, um, where they both basically go in front of a justice of the peace or municipal judge and say, hey, judge, in a sworn document, of course, but um, say, you know, judge, um, this animal's been cruelly treated. Here's how we know. Here's the evidence we have. We'd like you to give us permission to go take this animal. And the judge, if they think there's enough, enough um, evidence provided, then they will sign off on that and command law enforcement to go civilly seize the animal. And then law enforcement and the humane organization will frequently go out there together. They will take the animal and then they will have it um, medically evaluated, treated if necessary, um, and placed in a shelter. Um, there, there is not a lot of um, super happy uh, things we get to, get to experience in the animal cruelty world, but one of them is when you see an animal that has been cruelly treated that goes on to live a happy, healthy life as a rescue animal. Lindsay, um, you kind of touched on this earlier. You know, how often is animal cruelty a sort of gateway crime to violence against people? Because, you know, people who are cruel, they are probably cruel towards human beings as well. Certainly, certainly. I would say more often than it isn't. Um, now, well, when you have situations that involve neglect, that can be a little bit different. Um, more often than not, I'd say that is just somebody who is just neglecting their responsibilities and, and don't seem and, and don't necessarily take the responsibility of taking care of another living thing um, to and, you know take care of it the way they should. So that ne- isn't necessarily a a gateway in the same way that maybe some of the felony offenses are. Specifically, the one I was talking about, where you uh, purposely cause the animal unjustifiable pain or suffering, those are very very frequently seen with domestic violence cases at the same time. So, for example, we might get a case where um, a, a um, husband has struck his wife um, and maybe, maybe choked his wife, and then at the same time when, you know, when the dog tries to come to the wife's defense, 
um, will have uh, kicked the dog and, you know, broken some of its teeth or something like that. Um, we get uh, cases where maybe domestic violence with a human uh, spouse has not happened yet, but the dog or cat or animal is being used as kind of a pawn in a situation where an abuser might use the animal to control the person. So, you know, if you don't stay with me, I'm going to hurt your cat. Um, that's a situation that we see frequently. We also see a lot of cases where even if a domestic violence or violence towards people, towards uh, humans crime hasn't happened at the same time as the animal cruelty, there's a documented history of, of violence towards humans. So I would say that more often than not, when we get into talking about um, offenses where somebody is purposely hurting an animal, not just mm-hmm. neglecting them, but purposely abusing them, um, those are more often than not accompanied either previously or at the same time by offenses against humans. Oh, okay, that's good to know. Uh, Sudhir had a question. Yeah, uh, times and public sentiment have changed since the old days of dogs riding in the bed of a pickup, for example. How does the law today better hold offenders accountable for the well-being of their animals? Yeah, so, you know, times have changed. Even just as recently as I want to say 2017 um, was when bestiality became an offense in the state of Texas. Um, Before then, it was it was um, classified as something else. So, you know, certainly there have been more laws that have ha- that have uh, been created over the years. But again, the shift in public opinion towards an attitude of kind of, you know, what people do is their own business to this is another living thing and we need to make sure it's taken care of. Um, so I think that the laws are reflective of that, particularly when you're talking about some of the more neglect-related laws. Um, you know, you get a neighbor who might call in and say, you know, my, the, the neighbor keeps a dog in the front on the front porch in a cage 24-7. This dog never gets out and it's in the direct sunlight, has no water, no food, you know, and it's skin and bones. And whereas I think, you know, 10, 20 years ago, somebody might have just said, well, that's, that's their thing, that's their problem. You know, people are more, more inclined to report and the law is able to address that better. Um, so even though animals are still considered property, I think that when there are situations where an animal has been either neglected or purposely abused, um, they, the law provides plenty of, of, a, of redress for that. Um, there's actually plenty of offenses to cover it. Sometimes, uh, Lindsay, we've seen in neighborhoods, you know, there's one neighbor who likes cats, for instance, and will keep feeding cats but won't take them in or keep them in their house. And they'll be loitering around, you know, basically terrorizing and being a menace in the in the uh, community. They're always in the roads and, you know, just a menace. So <laughs> how does one deal with that? It's not, I mean, we are not trying to be cruel to the animals, but we don't want them, you know, just loitering around. In, in right, lots. certainly, yeah. certainly. Feral yeah. or even just kind of partially feral cats are, are yes, a big exactly. problem. And, yeah. and frankly, I mean, stray animals in general in Houston, you can't drive through through some areas of Houston without having to, you know, dodge an animal on the road. You know, okay. sometimes on my way to work, um, you know, I'm on the Harvey Toll Road and I'll see an animal that's either been hit or um, is, you know, injured that has been hit but is not yet deceased. And it, it's a problem. And we have a lot of problems with um, animals that are feral or stray attacking people. Um, and obviously in those situations, it's hard to hold anybody accountable since nobody really owns them. But in terms of maybe somebody who is, you know, kind of assisting these, these, uh, these wild or feral animals, there's nothing specifically illegal about that. Mm. But again, you know, it's a problem. You don't want somebody attracting, you know, 10, 20, 20 feral cats to the yard and to the, to the house. Right. Um, and so if you have somebody who is doing that, you know, the, probably the best course of action of a conversation with them about maybe, you know, 
modifying their behavior because it might not be the best thing. You also always have the option, if these are stray animals, you can call, you know, your local animal control um, and see if they can come pick up the animal mm-hmm. um, or, you know, see if see if the neighbor is, is wanting to take them in themselves. Right. Unfortunately, or, or I guess, unfortunately, we have a very, very large stray and feral animal problem mm-hmm. and all the agencies are overwhelmed and they would do the best they can to help in those situations. Well, thank you, Lindsay. I think that was a great conversation and very informative. Yeah, we, I had one last question. We didn't touch on that. Uh, okay, the Harris, Harris County residents. Sure, sure. What more could the Texas legislature do? And how about Harris County residents? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so for Harris County residents, I mean, we have a fantastic community, and I would say the best thing they can do is continue to do what they're doing and report. The only way we know that some of these things are going on um, is is through reporting of usually it's neighbors, sometimes apartment complexes, you know, so you just all sorts of different sources. We get a lot of good information from people who might you know see something strange on their on their doorbell cam that their you know, across the street neighbor is doing something to their animal, or might be aware of an animal that's you know in the in the yard next door that's just skin and bones. So the best thing they can do is continue to be be good active members of the community and have their eyes open and report when they see something. As far as the legislature, I think um, they have done actually a, a quite a good job on this, but I think if there are a couple of different areas they could really focus on, it would be animal hoarding like we talked about earlier because sometimes we're just left with a situation where we know it's not good, but it doesn't quite meet the standard for, for anything legal at this point. And then I also think that addressing dogs or animals at all in hot cars would be very helpful, particularly in the state of Texas. Um, now is the time of year when we start to see the uptick in calls about that. Um, and I think a real, a real specific, bright line rule about what is allowed and what is not allowed would be very helpful both to citizens who want to leave their animals in the car and citizens who want to see it not happen. Um, so I think that's what the legislature could definitely do. Well, thank you, Lindsay. I think uh, we learned a lot about uh, prosecuting animal cruelty, and uh, you've been a great uh, interview. So thank you for coming on our radio show. And uh, as we conclude, do you want to give out the phone numbers uh, that people can report report animal cruelty? Certainly, certainly. The phone number for the Harris County Animal Cruelty Task Force is 832-927-PAWS, P-A-W-S. And um, depending on where where you are in Harris County, depending on, um, you know, what... uh, what police agencies you are you connected with. You also can always report to local law enforcement um, or to the Houston Society of Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, to BARC, to Harris County Pets, um, to any of those organizations, and they'll be happy to happy to address the situation. Any information about the Fort Bend County? Um, you know, all, all I can say is that Fort Bend County, I know their district attorney's office, also has um, dedicated prosecutors um, to animal cruelty. They also take it very, very seriously, um, as I would say most of the most of the DA's offices in the state do. Um, and your best bet is going to be to always to alert local law enforcement. And then also, um, particularly with um, the Harris County SP, or I'm sorry, the Houston SPCA, um, sometimes they will um, address situations in Fort Bend County as well. But again, best best uh, first step would be to contact local law enforcement if you are in a different county. Got it. Okay. Thank you so much, Lindsay. We really learned a lot. Yes, Thanks absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful yes. to be with y'all. Yes. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. All right. So we do we have... have a few minutes left. Uh, so perhaps uh, 
Uh, Sudhir, uh, we can talk about the University of Houston loss <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> and Sudhir, you saw the game, right? What did you think? What happened? Somehow I felt that uh, they were outplayed by Miami. Uh, from the very get-go, because get I saw the beginning and it looked bad for Houston. So In I was fact, uh, they trailed uh, throughout the second half, I uh -huh. believe. Uh, they just didn't have a chance to catch up or go ahead. They so didn't they change the their entire, strategy. Entire no, match, I think. Or even, yeah. I don't know exactly, they may have changed it some, but it wasn't effective. Yeah. Were some of our players, uh, uh, you know, affected by injury or did that play a role uh, at all? I don't think that was really a contributing factor. Uh, I thought their defense uh, was excellent, whatever yeah. I saw. Okay, uh -huh. I saw probably the first uh, quarter, and it was like really, really one-sided. Okay. <laughs> they were not being able yeah, to at all matched. keep pace. Yeah, yeah. There was yeah I think the commentators were saying Miami was able to score at will. Yeah. Yes, One exactly, because UAE had no defense yeah. at all. <laughs> and probably one single thing was... Uh, the number of turnovers. Oh, like okay. First half, yeah. Cougars had 15 turnovers, whereas oh, Miami that's a had lot. just one. Oh, mm. wow. And that made all the difference. Yes, exactly. And Sudhir, did you watch the Texas game? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. uh, I was actually watching a movie. <laughs> okay. uh, uh, we watched uh, A Man Called Otto. Oh, it's yeah. Oh, excellent yes. film. With Tom Hanks. With Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks, yes, yes. Do watch yeah. it. Oh, okay. where, where can we watch it? I think we watched it on the box. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And okay. then uh, uh, basketball fans can, uh, you know, now switch to the Texas Longhorns. Yes. And uh, cheer yeah. them to victory. And uh, if they can come uh, beat their uh, next game, they'll be in Houston for the final four. India had a sad loss with Australia in the last one-day match. So that was pretty... Oh. One-sided. <laughs> uh, did you happen to watch the Le Legends uh, tournament that mm -hmm. was taking place in Dubai? No. Uh, it's going on right now. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah. And uh, the but, WPL. But it's very uh, Pakistan-heavy players is what yeah. I noticed, right? Right. Yeah. But I think All there the are a few retired uh, yeah. Indian players as well. Okay. The both the Patans, Yusuf yeah. oh, Patan okay. and okay. Uh, his brother, they're both playing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Pramod, what did Irfan. you think of uh, third ODI between India and Australia? Yeah, that's yeah. what I was saying. It I was thought, really one-sided. You know, when uh, India uh, lost, we won the toss, and then uh, we—I thought we did pretty okay yeah. in mm -hmm. batting, but uh, you know, our bowlers couldn't uh, yeah. stop the Australian onslaught. Onslaught, yes. Yeah. So Australia is a tough team. Yes. Yeah. Did you? No, their fielding was excellent. I thought. Uh -huh. Right. Oh, yeah, they had some great catches. Did you watch the uh, women's uh, Premier League, any of the matches? Yeah, I, just I saw quite a few of them. And I, Mumbai I Indians are really outstanding. Yeah, their batting is just phenomenal. My mm. God. And then uh, uh, Meg Lanning is leading the Delhi uh, Capitals. Yes. Mm. And so it should be a good match tomorrow, tomorrow. morning. Yes, yes. So it's, uh, it usually runs from 9 a.m. local time. Right. So uh, do to see if you can watch yes, it. Yes, yes. The plan is to watch it. Yes. So, yeah. 
And uh, I watched uh, Mrs. Mukherjee versus Norway. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, we saw it too. It was... Uh, what did you think? Quite an eye-opener because yeah. I had no idea that such things happen in European countries. Right. They say it happens here also, but I don't know. Yeah, well, I don't know of any cases as such. Well, sometimes the child protective um, agencies get uh, overzealous. Yes. And in the movie, they were saying that the mother was feeding the child with her hands. Yes. And they objected to that. Right. And uh, Or uh, like putting a little tikka on their forehead yeah. or, you know, sleeping in the same bed as the parents. All of right. those are a no-no. Yeah. <laughs> and I, then I the, think it was a bit uh, uh, too strict. And then they also complained about the husband not helping the wife. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so That's a very valid Well, valid I think it's a difference in culture, but I think... Yes. If we stay in Western countries, then we have to adapt to some yeah. of their rules. I saw interviews of the actual lady who, uh, whose uh, story this movie was inspired by. Her uh -huh. name is Mrs. Chagurika Chakraborty. Oh, okay. So she's a very young girl. And uh -huh. they, I saw her pictures with her kids, the son and the daughter. And she was, you know, saying that, you know, what she went through, it was quite an ordeal. Yeah. And she was very appreciative that, you know, Rani Mukherjee talked to her and, you know, was able to yeah and that case lasted three years it I was know, a long time I know, I know. and the in-laws in uh, calcutta were not very nice either no especially the brother-in-law was making money off of them and that's that was right. very sad and the husband that, was pathetic <laughs> that's that's right well we're off to I'm a so commercial glad she break left him. <laughs> a commercial break and uh, we'll have a yeah, uh, he's actually Houston. holding. Mizanur Rahman is holding on the line for us. Uh, so the Houston Landing newspaper. Yes. So we'll so be, we'll be right back shortly. after the commercial break, break folks. You're listening to Masala Radio, 107.5 KGLK, HD4, Lake Jackson, and 98.7 FM, K254BZ, Fairbanks. Masala. Hotel owners, improve your purchasing chain and your profits with suppliers from Gujarat. Meet them at a free expo at the SLPS Event Center in Dallas from April 27th to April 29th. Get faster delivery, lower import fees, and better prices. Call 844-797-6111 for no-cost registration. Organized by Southern Gujarat Chamber of Commerce and Industry and sponsored by AHOA. A song that turned into an emotion. A story that became India's pride. Do you know Natu? What is Natu? A sensation that made the world groove to its tunes. Celebrate the historical win of Natu Natu at the Oscars. Watch RRR in its original language, Telugu, only on Z5. If you think you're keeping up with the news, tell us what you know. Get on the Indo-American News Radio Quiz Show. I think I know this. The only quiz of its kind on Desi Radio. In the U.S. And win points, a prize, laughs, and make friends. To get on the Indo-American News Radio, email today. IndoAmericanNews at Yahoo.com or call 713-789-6397. Indo-American News Radio on Masala 90. 8.7 FM every Saturday 3 to 6 PM with Jawahar Sanchali Pramod and Jyoti. 
इंडो अमेरिकन न्यूज रेडियो इंडिया न्यूज यूएस न्यूज वर्ल्ड न्यूज मूवी रिव्यूज एंड लोकल कम्युनिटी राउंड अप एवरी सैटरडे फोर टू सिक्स पी एम ऑन मसाला नाइनटी एट Welcome back everyone you are listening to Indo American News Radio and we are very fortunate to have Mr Mizanur Rahman with us Mizanur Rahman is the founding editor in chief of the Houston Landing he previously spent 15 years as a newsroom leader at the Houston Chronicle he served as the newspaper's Sunday editor and as senior editor over investigations He was also the Chronicle's metro editor overseeing local news coverage in the Houston region. He previously worked as an assistant metro editor at the Dallas Morning News and served as an editor at the Virginian Pilot in Norfolk, Virginia. He grew up in Detroit where he started his career as a reporter and he's the father of two daughters. Welcome to our show Ms. Adur. Lovely to have you with us. How are you today? I'm doing great. You know, it's the third day of Ramadan, so I'm Correct. enjoying. Uh, I'm enjoying fasting. Okay. Oh. Yeah, it's still a couple of hours to go, right, before you can break your fast. Ah, uh, yes. I think sunset's seven uh, thirty-five. So yes. Two, two and a half hours. Right. Yeah. But who's counting? Right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. right. Uh, Mr. Noor, uh, uh, thank you for joining us uh, today, and uh, tell That's us about pleasure. Houston Landing and its mission. So the the Houston Landing is a independent uh nonprofit news organization. Uh you know nonprofit uh news um there's a sort of a you know it's kind of a movement happening all across the country the emerging nonprofit news uh organizations and websites that are really helping to revive uh American journalism and so we're we're excited to be to be a part of that movement. uh we'll be devoting um our work to public service journalism uh we will be digital only lots of people ask me one of the first questions they ask me is will there be a newspaper will there be a, a printed product yeah i was going to uh, ask we'll, you the same thing <laughs> okay yeah yes yeah, so we'll only be digital only although you know i do uh, part of our spirit is to pr- try to provide our our news and stories as many people as possible so i have thought about the idea of of occasionally taking a selection of, of our stories and actually printed printed them out uh very uh traditionally in kind of a newsletter and and handed them out to the kiosk for for those you know uh the 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 small group of people who may not have internet access uh who don't maybe even have a phone uh but generally it will be uh digital only and another important thing to note is that we are nonpartisan so that means we don't advocate uh for any position uh we don't have an editorial uh department uh that means we don't make editorials we don't make uh recommendations on who to vote for we don't uh comment or offer our opinions on 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 any issues so that's a very important distinction and uh, the other thing you know to the other very important thing to note about our mission is that our our we you know our goal is to serve as many people as possible so with that in mind our content will always be free we won't have any paywalls or subscriptions you know it's it can be very uh, expensive to subscribe to a uh you know a local newspaper or a national news service like 
the New York Times or the Washington Post. So it's very important for us for all of our content to, to be free. Another important thing to note is that we will make all of our content, our, our stories, uh, available to anyone who wants to republish it. So any uh, media organizations, uh, radio stations, uh, if you want to uh, republish our stories on our website, it's no charge. You just have to, you know, you just go to our uh, our story and just kind of fill out a form and let us know and, and, and you can publish it because we just want our content to be available to as many people uh, as possible. So that's kind of, uh, in a nutshell, who we are. So what kind of information will be available on your website? That's a very good question. You know, we are obviously the, the key thing is we are focusing on local uh, journalism. So that's the Houston region. Uh, so that's kind of, that is the eight-county area. So it's Harris County and, and the seven counties that, that touch Harris. And the types of stories will range. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, government uh, will be important in issues related to uh, government, education, public safety, uh, business and energy, uh, stories that reflect our, our diversity, uh, environment, transportation, all those things, uh, all those sort of key issues that are important to people. Uh, we also will focus on investigative reporting. Uh, we have a, a full-time investigative uh, reporter and the other thing that we will really focus on is what we call civic engagement reporting. Um, it's kind of rare. We have uh, two reporters uh, whose job is to do civic engagement reporting. And what we mean by that is, is the kind of reporting that uh, helps people feel like that they are more informed to make decisions in their daily lives. So that could uh, include everything from working on a voter's guide to doing sort of very helpful explainers and guides on everything to how to access food resources or maybe how to learn about, uh, you know, the eviction process, uh, how to protest your taxes, any number of things. Um, you know, one of the things that, you know, when I, when I took on the job um, back in August and September, I talked to a lot of people locally who, you know, told me things that, you know, there are a lot of people who don't even who don't know what a Harris County commissioner does or what a city council uh, person does. And so, you know, you, those are the kinds of things that we'll try to explain. We'll try to tell people what exactly a uh, Harris County commissioner does um, just so that people can feel like they are more informed and more participating in our, in our local democracy. Uh, Mizinor, how many people are on your staff? I'm sorry, can you repeat that? Uh, how many people are on your staff? How many people are staff? So, you know, we are, we launched uh, February 1st. So that means we announced our name, the Houston Landing. We announced our, our, our sort of current website. It's HoustonLanding.org. It's sort of a soft launch site. And what we're doing is we're building towards the, the full site launch, uh, hopefully very soon. And so what we're doing right now is, is we are, uh, we have lots of jobs. We're, we're trying to fill, you know, about a month ago, I, I tweeted out uh, to, every, to, to our audience that, you know, right now I'm trying to fill 24 positions. And that's just in our, in our first phase. We have oh. more jobs that, that we're going to try to fill as we go in, in, into the summer. And so that's a lot of people. We're trying to hire reporters and, and editors and, and folks to help us on the website. <laughs> 
And so far, you know, we're, we're, uh, if you go to our website, you'll see that, you know, we're, we're bringing some people on, uh, you know, but we still have, we still have a ways to go, you know, but at the end of it, um, at the end of the year, uh, we will be one of the very largest uh, local news uh, nonprofits in the country. So oh, okay. how are you going to finance your website if it's all free and you're not asking for a subscription? Yeah, what's your how revenue? Are you, yeah, base? how are you going to pay your staff or, you know, are there going to be ads sure. which are going to be published on your, uh, I mean, how, how will you, yeah, what's your revenue source? Yes, that's a good question. So, you know, we started with uh, initial seed money. Um, we got, uh, you know, Houston is a very generous and philanthropic place, so... Uh, we were very fortunate to have initial uh, support from the Kinder Foundation, from the Houston Endowment, Arnold Ventures, uh, Knight Foundation, uh, the American Journalism Project. Uh, all of those uh, organizations and foundations, uh, very, you know, very much believe in community improvement and also, um, you know, improving the nonprofit journalism space. So they provided the initial seed money of $20 million, which... Um, it, we were very fortunate. Uh, there are not many uh, news nonprofits in the country that are able to start with, with that level of funding. So that's a testament of, of being here in Houston um, and, again, ha- being a very philanthropic city. So, so that's what uh, got us started. Um, but, you know, we obviously want to uh, get as much support as possible. So if you go to our website, you'll see that you can become a member. And so there are three tiers uh, of, of membership, and each provides, you know, certain kind of benefits. Um, but, you know, one thing to point out, but, you know, no one, but everyone is still the same in terms of the content, just because you, beca- you decide to become a, a member. It's kind of like the NPR model. Um, just because if you decide to become a member, doesn't mean you get uh, any more content uh, than anyone else. So that's going to be a key thing for us. And then, you know, just fundraising uh, from big donors to, to small donors. Uh, you know, we are in the process of hiring a chief development officer, and that person is going to bring on a team of people whose job will be to fundraise and to make sure that we can, you know, continue to support our, our journalism. And then, you know, we are also, you know, we will be doing uh, sponsorships. Uh, we have not... Uh, fully talked about advertising uh, yet. That's something that, you know, we will as a leadership team decide uh, down the road. But, you know, primarily what we are really hoping for is just a lot of support uh, from the community for people who believe in supporting local journalism. So oh. if uh, someone decides to write an article about something and send it to you, will you publish it or is it just going to be your reporters who can, you know, publish on your website? No. Uh, that's a good question. No, we, we will be taking, um, you know, sort of a guest essays, uh, guest, you know, pieces, submissions, um, you know, and also we'll be accepting free, freelancers, uh, you know, but one of the things that's important to us is that, you know, my philosophy, and you'll hear this a lot uh, from me, is, is that we are trying to democratize all that we do. And so we want, we want uh, the use of landing in our website to, to belong to the community. Uh, and so one way you can do that is, is have people's, uh, people's voices uh, appear on our website. So we definitely will be, uh, will be op- open to that. And, and if anyone wants to uh, submit something or, or uh, propose an, an idea, you know, feel free to, to email me at Mazaner. So that's M-I-Z-A-N-U-R at HoustonLanding.org.
Uh, so, Mizanur, uh, what are some of the stories you've covered in the within the last uh, month that you've been um, running? Oh, okay. Yeah, so um, though, though we have, uh, you know, done sort of the soft launch, we do have some, some content. We, we you know, have a columnist who, who writes a, a weekly column, uh, myself and our managing editor. We also write sort of kind of a, a letter, a letter from the editor. And, and so there's lots of, uh, you know, very, uh, you know, interesting and very, uh, you know, uh, beautifully written columns that Maggie Gordon, our columnist, has done. You know, she just did uh, did a story about uh, uh, the, all the trains, the stop trains, particularly on the East End. That, oh, okay. That's been, you know, an ongoing issue. So she wrote a, a, a column about that. Uh, she also wrote a column about food deserts, um, yes. you know, places where there's just a, not enough grocery stores uh, mm-hmm. for, for people. Um, we also had uh, a big investigation that we published last month about the high number of uh, uh, Texans uh, with mental illnesses that are dying um, and and have died in Houston area jails and in in jails throughout Texas. And the key finding in that investigation was that a lot of those people um, had had interactions with either law enforcement authorities or mental health authorities. So could they have actually gotten help um, mental health help that they needed before they were in jail? Could they have been diverted to some programs uh, before they got to jail uh, where they died? And and that was a great uh, story by our investigator, poor Alex Stuckey. And, you know, it's had an immediate impact. Um, just this week, uh, Senator Kolkhorst, um, you know, she filed a bill uh, that would address some of the, um, the issues that were raised uh, in that investigation. So we're very proud of that because the, you know, when people ask me, you know, what really is our goal, uh, I think it's mine, our big goal is to have impact uh, in our community, and that investigation has already had that. Yeah, that's a great achievement. I think when you do investigative reporting and then the legislators act on it, I think that's a, uh, something yeah, remarkable. You know, we, you know, part of a, you know, we we part of when we were founded, um, our our the folks who sort of came together and really believed that, uh, you know, they needed support and get behind something like the Houston Landing. They brought in the American Journalism Project, which is which is a nonprofit that has helped start uh, numerous news nonprofits across the country. So they came to Houston and did months and months of uh, listening sessions, and surveys, and one-on-one meetings uh, with people in the community to really assess what people here wanted uh, out of news sources, and to also assess like uh, what are the critical gaps uh, locally in the Houston area. And you know, it was very inspiring when I read when I read their report. And in one of the primary things people said that they wanted was accountability and watchdog journalism, which is very, very important and very important to me. And so that's going to be a key part of, of what we do. Although, as I said, we have one investigative reporter. That kind of reporting we are we are going to uh, expect and strive for from all of our reporters. No, that's good to hear. I think uh, uh, investigative reporting is very useful yes. in a community. Will you have like a tip line or something, you know, like most of these uh, news uh, channels have where you can call and, you know, 
Would you have something like that? Yes. You know, uh, our managing editor, John uh, Tedesco, he just uh, wrote a piece last week uh, about all the various ways that uh, that people can contact us. Um, so if you go to our, our, our website, you can you can find his column. We also have a contact page, but if you go under our What's New tab, you can find his his column uh, that he wrote. Because one of the things he really uh, also uh, wrote about is how people who may feel uh, reluctant to identify themselves, people who uh-huh. may feel like their job uh, might be at risk, or maybe their their livelihood, their life might be at risk. So we have multiple ways that people can uh, reach us safely uh, without worrying about uh, being identified. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, I'm uh, visiting your website and it looks very, very impressive. So, yeah, I'll be oh, really looking forward to it when the uh, new and improved version comes out, I guess, in March. The full launch. Yeah. The full launch. Yeah. We, you know, we're, we're working on that right now. In fact, at a, a recent uh, column that I wrote a few weeks ago, one of the things that we're trying to do in this current phase is, is we're really trying to take people along the journey of our founding. And we're really trying to be transparent because one of the things, as you know, that journalists strive for in terms of we hold uh, agencies accountable, our leaders accountable, is transparency. Um, you know, but, but we are trying to sort of uh, turn that on ourselves, too. And, and we are trying to be transparent here on everything that we do. And and so I, you know, uh, like I said, I, I, I wrote a piece telling uh, people about, like the, our, we, we've been writing pieces, telling people about our founding and, and what we're doing. And so we've been taking suggestions from people on everything from, you know, hey, what should be uh, in our ethics policy? Uh, what should be the kinds, you know, one of the things we are asking all of our reporters to do is, is have one big sort of like year-long series of stories. Yeah, thank you, Mizuner. Uh, we have to go to a commercial break right now, oh, but sure. we can continue the thought uh, afterwards. Okay, no. Stay tuned. U.S. News. World News. Movie Reviews. And Local Community Roundup. Every Saturday. 4 to 6 p.m. On Masala 98.7 FM. Hi, I'm Jawahar. I'm Sanchali. And I'm Prabhon. Indo-American News Radio. Nilesh and Shubhangi of Mahesh's Kitchen wishes everyone Happy Ramadan Kareem to celebrate. Mahesh's Kitchen is offering Buy any entree, get second 50% off. Valid March 21st to 26th. Dinner only. Dine-in or to go. Some restrictions apply. Same price or lower. Mahesh's Kitchen, intimate and upscale dining experience in the Sugarland Town Center. 281-937-7796. Gujarati Samaj of Houston invites you to Chaitra Navratri Garba and Dandia Night Saturday, April 1st, 8pm at GSH Event Center Live music by Dilip Nayak Sargam Group Discounted tickets for members and students Kids under 12 free and free parking For sponsorship call Kalpesh Rana 832-633-4009 or Chintan Parikh 7138704280 Chaitra Navratri Garba Saturday, April 1st Gujarati Samaj of Houston Hello, hello. Ah, 
This is the life. Sipping on a margarita. Lounging on the top deck of the Royal Caribbean's Allure of the Seas. Yes, honey, we are on the largest cruise ship in the world. Mm. We'll dine at the amazing restaurants, enjoy Broadway shows and gambling casinos. Sail the Allure of the Seas every Sunday from Galveston to Cozumel, Costa Maya and Roatan. Call Deepti Mehta at Travel Express at 713-468-7000 to get exclusive special offers. She can save you a bundle and get you the best cabins. Indo-American News Radio India News US News World News Movie Reviews And Local Community Roundup Every Saturday 4 to 6 p.m. On Masala 98.7 FM Hi, I'm Jawahar I'm Sanchali And I'm Pramod Indo-American News Radio Welcome back everyone. You are listening to Indo-American News Radio and we have the privilege of being joined by Mizanur Rahman who is the founding editor in chief of the Houston Landing and just before we went on our commercial break we were talking to him about you know all the uh, kind of investigative reporting that they're doing and the articles that they have already published on their website. I saw a lot of articles addressing the TEA takeover of the Houston ISD several articles in here so would you like to yeah, can, yeah. so yeah. you know we, so one of the like i said it's 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 this sort of phase you know when we launched in february 1st you know we really weren't going to be able to cover a lot of the news because we we don't have a staff really right. uh, like for example we don't have a haven't hired an ISD Houston ISD reporter yet we we posted a job and and we've interviewed candidates uh but we haven't settled on a, on a on a person yet so you know but obviously that was a major story that broke and we were just very fortunate um that uh, one of our editors our first editors that we hired was Jacob Carpenter who I worked with uh when he was at the Houston Chronicle and he was the HISD reporter there for about 4 years and so we were just in a very unique uh, fortunate position that we had someone on the team uh who frankly knew uh in terms of a journalist there's no one uh in the country uh frankly who knew that issue better than Jacob and so Jacob uh was compelled to put uh put aside his editor role uh mm-hmm. for a couple weeks there and put on his reporter hat and dive right into the story and he really led our coverage he you know he did that one uh explainer that uh i think really got at got at the issue in a way that uh, people could could really un- understand and you know he did that one story really pushing the question if if the TA really was you know legally mandated to have to take over the T the take over HISD and that raised a lot of uh, interesting interesting questions that hadn't hadn't really been discussed uh in the lead up here uh to the TA's announcement Uh Mizanur I know that you don't have uh, an opinion column but uh, mm-hmm. what do you think will happen with the TEA takeover What what do I think uh, happen Yeah yeah with the TEA takeover uh, uh do you think uh, it will lead to a positive uh, result Well so our you know for me we um you know we don't really sort of uh kind of predict or try to weigh in uh on the news I, I just can tell you that for us obviously this is going to be an enormous issue 
going forward. And you know, as soon as we uh, hire our uh, HIC reporter, we will be we will be digging into that into that question and really trying to uh, anticipate that as much as possible. To so to try to get at your question, so not to wait until. Uh, six months into it, or you're into it to yes. sort of figure out what's happened, but really try to assess like here are the various scenarios and possibilities of how how this how this could play out. Mizunur, I saw about like sixteen or seventeen job openings in your <laughs> website, so you might want to share your information yes. with our listeners so that you know if they're interested, you know they can apply or just go in to see what your website is all about. Oh, I'm sorry, you're asking. Uh, uh, which which positions we have? No, 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 no. Okay. Just information about your website. I mean, how would people contact you, or what website? What is your uh, oh. you know address and stuff like that? Contact. Oh, info. sure. Yeah. Oh, sure. You know, people. Number one, you can absolutely uh, contact uh, contact me. So you know, my email is mizanur m i z a n u r at houstonlanding dot org. Uh, you can also uh, email us at newsroom. Uh, at houstonlanding.org, so newsroom, N-E-W-S-R-O-O-M, at houstonlanding.org. Uh, you could also just go to our contact page on our website, and there's just a, a little uh, sort of little pop-up box uh, that you can just message, message us there. And also, you know, I, uh, one of the things I wrote uh, a couple of weeks ago is that we just moved into our office uh, right in the middle of Montrose, and it's very important for us for people to come uh, visit us and talk to us. So we have an open door uh, uh, policy. So if anyone wants to uh, visit us, in fact, when I, when I, when I wrote that piece, uh, there were several people who uh, took me up on it and they came as a part of a group uh, this past, this past uh, Wednesday. And it was a great conversation. People came and, and we learned quite a bit. Um, so I'm also welcome if people want to come uh, visit, visit with us as well. So the website is houstonlanding.org. And um, Ms. Anur, if uh, say, you know, there's a whole bunch of community events that are going on all the time. You know, it's a very, very busy, bustling city. So if uh, any organization calls you to cover a community event, is that something that you all would be doing or that's off limits? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, you know, it really obviously depends uh, on the event. You know, we, uh, in terms of our, our staffing, you know, we... Even though we are going to be one of the largest, uh, you know, local news nonprofits in the year, we'll, we'll still be, you know, relatively small compared to some of the other larger uh, news organizations, like, for example, locally, uh, like the Houston Chronicle. So our our staffing uh, is going to be limited. So you know, in terms of the resources that we have to cover uh, events, of course, you know, they'll be limited. Houston is a, is a major metropolis with seven million people, and there's wonderful events every weekend. So, you know, we'll just have to decide based on how, you know, uh, interesting, important, and timely the particular event, in, event is. Uh, does it relate to an ongoing uh, important story uh, that our community uh, cares about? But what I would say is, you know, we're definitely open to people uh, making suggestions and, and making pitches. Uh, I, I, we already get, uh, in fact, today I got a Twitter message uh, someone asking if we uh, had a religion reporter and, and we, if we could uh, cover uh, an interfaith event in Katie. 
and for chapter seven, you know, we're still hiring people, and I don't don't have a religion re- re- reporter, but uh, hopefully soon we'll be in a better spot at least to consider covering some of these uh, events that happen in the Houston region. Uh, thank you, Ms. Inur. Uh, I think that was a great conversation, and we learned a lot about Houston Landing and in your role there. And we wish you all the best. Oh, thank you. And uh, we'd love to, uh, you know, our CEO would love to come on soon. So hopefully we yes. can get that scheduled. And I'd love for our, our reporters uh, to come on if you think there's a, a topic that's important to your audience that you would want them to talk about. We're, yeah, we're, very, we're, very we commendable effort. And we're very proud of you all. And uh, congratulations and kudos okay. and wishing you all the very, very best. Thank you best. very much. Thanks thank you. Thank care. you, Ms. Anur. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. So we have our next caller on the line, Mr. Kalyan Vishwanathan. And uh, he currently serves as its uh, as the interim president and executive vice president of the Hindu University of America. Mr. Vishwanathan received his master's degree in computer and information science from Ohio State University and his bachelor's degree in electrical and electronics engineering from Birla Institute of Technology and Science. He had studied the texts and traditions of Hinduism from an Advaita Vedanta perspective through a 21-year association with Pujya Swami Dayanand Saraswati, founder of the Arshavidya Gurukulam group of institutions and the first convener of the Hindu Dharma Acharya Sabha. He serves as the president of the Dharma Civilization Foundation, which was established in 2012, based in Los Angeles, and is also the founder and president of the Sanatan Dharma Foundation, Dallas, Texas, which was established in 2007. He has had a long-standing interest in the promotion of the academic study of Hindu Dharma. Uh, welcome to our show, Kalyanji. Hello, can you hear us, Kalyanji? Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. There's yes. a slight disturbance in your line. Uh, Kalyanji, can you hear us clearly? Yes, I can hear you. Yeah, we, okay, can, we can hear you. Yeah, we can hear you. Welcome to our show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. And uh, are you calling locally or are you somewhere else? I am calling locally. I'm in here. Oh, okay. You're here for the gala, aren't you? That's right. Yes, I am. Yes. So tell us a yeah. little bit more about what's going on tomorrow. Well, why don't we start with a, a description of the Hindu University of America yes. and its goals and mission? Sure. So, uh, you know, the Hindu University of America was established in the year 1989 and authorized by the state of Florida in the year 1993. It uh, it is a religious university in the same category as, uh, say, for example, the Harvard Divinity School uh-huh. or the Yale Divinity School or the Princeton Theological Seminary and so on. So these types of uh, divinity schools and theological schools are a very common uh, uh, phenomenon in the Western world. Uh, and, uh, of course, uh, we Hindus are unfamiliar with them. Uh, so this university is, is trying to really fill a gap uh, where uh, there is a, a place, a space for the formal, systematic uh, study and engagement with uh, uh, everything associated with the Hindu world. You know, And, and when I say that, 
that includes Hindu uh, scriptures, texts, traditions, uh, Hindu philosophy, Hindu culture, Hindu arts, performing arts, Hindu civilization, Hindu history, Hindu society, and so on and so forth. So really the vision and mission of the university is, is really centered on creating a space for Hindu thought that is uh, simultaneously located in the timeless uh, Sanatana uh, dimension of Hinduism. And, and at the same time, it is also contemporary, progressive, modern, and forward-looking as we uh, move towards the future. So that's uh, just a quick brief overview of Hindu University of America. I'll uh, answer questions as you prompt me Sure, sure. Uh, going forward. Uh, looks like uh, your um, uh, university is already quite successful. There are more than 2,600 students that have taken yeah. courses at HUA, and then more than 70 students are currently enrolled in master's and doctoral programs. Um, and there are 150 courses taught by more than 70 faculty m members, and that's quite impressive. Yeah. yeah, and all of that has happened in just the last four years. Wow. Um, and, you know, four years ago, we, we started on a path of rejuvenation and revitalization of the university. And uh, little by little, we added courses and faculty and so on, and uh, we've come a, a long way. And, you know, now the, we can say that the, uh, the university is at a, at a point where it can accelerate and build momentum going forward. Okay. So you are uh, uh, seeking some kind of a accreditation this year, I believe. You want to talk a yeah, little bit correct. about that? That's yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So, uh, you know, for a university uh, to be, uh, you know, to, to have the, uh, the value that... Uh, it is accorded to any contemporary university in America, it needs to go through a rigorous accreditation process. Uh, so we will be the very first Hindu university to be accredited formally in the United States of America. We are preparing for our application process. Uh, we will be submitting our application this year, and hopefully within a year, year and a half, we should complete this process successfully. So what kind of accreditation and, is this? Yeah, this is... Uh, Who is the accrediting uh, agency, rather? Yeah, the agency that we are applying to is called the Distance Education Accreditation Commission, DEAC, which is recognized by the Council for Higher Education Accreditation, uh, part of which is part of the Department of Education, federal government in the United States. So DEAC is uh, unique... Uh, in the sense that it is not a regional accrediting body. Uh, it's a national accrediting body, and it specializes in accrediting uh, universities that are predominantly online or distance education-based. Right. You, you so for us, this is a more appropriate accrediting body mm. to work with at this time. You mentioned uh, predominantly online or digital. So, do you all do you have any plans in future of having an actual brick and mortar university? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think uh, long term, 
uh, Hindu University of America will be a hybrid university with, with not only uh, a, a residential component along with a, an online component, but also that residential component will be distributed. We, we, we feel that uh, in the long term, there will be many locations, many, many campuses uh, in many different cities, both in the U.S. and outside the U.S., where the residential components can be handled uh, and the online can be handled from wherever you are on the globe, which is extremely convenient. Uh, so the, the long-term vision is for us to become a hybrid university with uh, different specializations in different parts of the world, different, different parts of the USA and as well as different parts of the world. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit more about the gala that's happening well, tomorrow. Uh, yeah, he can, you yeah. can start on the gala and then we'll continue after. Uh, in two minutes, yeah, we'll have yeah, to yeah. go to a commercial break. Sure, sure. So tomorrow uh, evening at 5.30 p.m., we are doing a small uh, gala uh, for the Hindu University of America in Houston. And that's going to be at the Vallabh Preeti Seva Samiti Auditorium in uh, Sugarland. Uh, most of you must know where it is. Uh, so the gala is really uh, the first of its kind that we are doing after the pandemic because, you know, the as you all know, the pandemic kind of uh, uh, limited our ability to do any public events. So the last couple of years we've really been very quiet and in our own homes just participating online. Uh, but this gala is going to be a well-attended one. We anticipate more than 500 people in attendance. Hold that, so thought, gala, uh, hold, hold that thought, uh, Kalyanji. Kalyanji. Yeah. yeah, so we will yeah. have to take a quick commercial break. So we will be right back okay. after our commercial break. Listeners, you are sure. listening to Mr. Kalyan Vishwanathan, who is uh, currently serving as the interim president and executive vice president of the Hindu University of America. And he'll be telling us more about the gala that's going to be held tomorrow. And it, as he said, it's going to be at 5.30 p.m. And I think it's already... Yeah, fully uh, registered. Fully booked. Yeah, fully booked. So uh, yeah, but we are making arrangements for overflow. So. All right, okay. let's oh, talk about it enough. after the break. So we'll be right back after our commercial break, folks. Stay yeah. tuned and please call if you have questions. Two eight one two seven seven six eight seven four. You're listening to Indo American News Radio. Thank you, Sanchadi, and uh, we'll be back uh, within moments. Indo-American News Radio India News US News World News Movie Reviews And Local Community Roundup Every Saturday 4 to 6 p.m. On Masala 98.7 FM Hi, I'm Jawahar I'm Sanchali And I'm Pramod Indo-American Indo News Radio Badi mehengi kirdar hai zindagi ke Vakt aane par sab ke bhao bad jate hain पर महाराजा ज्वेलर्स में डायमंड्स के भाव कभी नहीं बढ़ते वही चमक वही दिल से सेवा वही ईमानदारी इसीलिए तो कहते हैं हीरो का राजा महाराजा 5821 Hillcroft 7137845673 bringing diamonds to life 
Indo American News Radio, India News, US News, World News, Movie Reviews, and Local Community Roundup. Every Saturday, 4 to 6 p.m. on Masala 98.7 FM. Hi, I'm Jawahar. I'm Sanchali. And I'm Pramod. Indo American News Radio. Welcome back, listeners. Uh, this is Indo American News Radio, and we are talking to Mr. Uh, Doctor Rather Kalyan Vish- Vishwanathan, and he is the president of the Hindu University of America. Uh, and Kalyanji was talking about the gala that's going to take place tomorrow. And uh, uh, before the gala uh, started, uh, two people, Kiran uh, and Ramesh Butada, have pledged. One million dollars towards the university, and they have already given five hundred thousand dollars to the cause. So that's quite an achievement, isn't it, Kalyanji? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Considering that uh, three, four years ago, uh, uh, Ramesh Puthadaji was uh, very skeptical about the progress, about the possibilities for this university. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, he has really changed his mind, and he is now fully. Backing the university, so we are very, very honored uh, to have that gift. And part of the purpose of the gala is to really celebrate, acknowledge, and appreciate what he is doing for the university. And what else can one expect uh, at the gala tomorrow, Kalyanji? Um, yeah, so the gala is really going to begin with some music. We're going to have an orchestral performance, uh, a choir and an orchestra that is. Uh, led by Dr. Kanik Kanikeshwaran. Oh yeah, he's uh, very famous. So he's a pretty well-known figure right, in right, the Houston right, right. community. I yes, believe. yes, yes. Uh, so he's coming back. He, he he did a big event called the Shakti uh, right. several years ago. Right, right. I I did attend it. So yeah, it was organized yeah. by. Yeah, not the, as big as that, but it will be a pretty exciting uh, yes. uh, musical performance. Correct. Uh, and there'll be a small Western orchestra also participating. Uh, and then really we'll we'll show a short film on how far HUA has come. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll paint a picture of where we are headed over the next five years and beyond. And then we'll hear, we'll felicitate and appreciate uh, Ramesh Puttaraji for his gift. We'll hear from the chairman of the board of trustees of uh, Hindu University of America. And then of course the keynote speech will be basically delivered by Ramesh Puttaraji himself. Mm-hmm. And he'll be sharing about why he contributed. He's contributing a million dollars, and more importantly, why he changed his mind and what led him to, uh, you know, this uh, decision uh, to put his money behind this university. Uh, and and that's it. And then we, you know, we hope to move towards, uh, you know, some effort at fundraising mm-hmm. and, and a dinner. Okay. That's the whole gala. And you did say that you ha- you are opening it up for more people to register. You have more room. Yes. Uh, so our event is now at this point uh, sold out. We've we've got enough uh, registrations to fill the our original intended capacity. But we are recognizing that there are a lot of uh, there's a lot of interest. A lot more people are wanting to join. So we are making provisions to. Uh, accommodate uh, few more people at the back of the uh, auditorium. So it's still open. People can come in, walk in, 
So there'll be a table which will, which will handle, cater to walk-ins tomorrow as well. Not previously registered. So to your listeners, if you're still interested in participating, this is a great, uh, a great event. And at the very least, you'll have a good evening dinner. And, uh, you know, you'll get to hear about the university and hear from the people who are behind the university. Uh, Kalyanji, what number should they call uh, if they still want to come in? Uh, you know, I think the number, well, why don't I give you my number? Okay. You know, people can call my number. It is 614-668-1668. Okay. I'll repeat that. 614-668-1668. Uh, better still, just show up at the Haveli, the VPSS Haveli at 5.30 p.m. Or right up thereabouts. Okay. Come a little earlier if you wish. Okay. We'll get you registered and get a seat for you at the facility. That would be great. Uh, you know, I watch uh, TV Asia quite a bit, and uh, Hindu University of America has a commercial on that. And, uh, yeah. And uh, it's, uh, uh, there's a little comment that's made by uh, the actor Anupam Kher about the yeah. importance of uh, supporting the Hindu University of America. Mm -hmm. So I right. think that was a great uh, message, and I think... Uh, yeah. Anupam ji has uh, uh, yeah. promoted the university in significant ways. Right. And I can give the website. It's www.hua.edu. That is the website for the Hindu University of America. And uh, they also have a support line, support at hua.edu, uh, uh, an email address where people can you know, write to get more information about the Hindu University of America. And, uh, yeah, I guess we will all be seeing each other tomorrow at the gala. I will be there. So I will see you tomorrow, uh, Kalyanji. Yes. Wonderful. Th thank you, Kalyanji. Let, me, let me invite both of you also to please come if you can, okay? Yes. Uh, Kal uh, I think Sanchali is... Uh, I have registered already. Yeah, so I will yeah. be Oh, there. fantastic. That's yes. great. great. Yes. Well, thank you, Kalyanji. Awesome. It was uh, quite an informative session. And uh, we certainly... Uh, wish to promote the Hindu University of America yeah. and supports yeah. its mission and goals. So good luck to you and uh, uh, good luck to the gala as Yeah, well. wishing a successful gala so that we can raise Perfect. quite a, Thank you very much. a lot more Thank money you. to you know, you. Yeah, further you. the efforts of the university. So yep. that was bye wonderful. Bye. Thank you. Thank you, Kalyanji. See you tomorrow. So that was uh, Kalyan Vishwanathan, who is the uh, vice president and interim president of the Hindu University of America. And uh, they're having a huge gala tomorrow. We are looking forward to it. It's at the VPSS Haveli at 5.30. And he said that it's open to more people if they're interested. I don't know what the cutoff will be because <laughs> I don't think it will be, you know, unlimited. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, if you all are interested and, you know, seeing the efforts of all these different things that are going on around you that you may not be aware of, that would be a good place to start to go and find out. You know, you might want to enroll in it and know more about Hinduism. And this would be a wonderful place to go to the website and learn what all they have to offer. And you can enroll in courses and, you know, further your education. Uh, certainly. That, uh, that's great advice, Sanchadi. And uh, we're going to close out uh, uh, this session uh, a few minutes early. Uh, uh, but next Saturday we'll be back 
and the quiz contest will be on yes, as well. Yes, looking forward to it again. Jawar will be back. So we will have another edition of I Think I Know This. And That's that right. will be the first one hour, the unplugged session of our Indo-American News Radio program. And then, of course, we'll have our regular featured, you know, different guests who will come on the regular uh, segment of the program. So yeah. thank you, Sudhir, again for joining us and being a part of our to our show today. We really appreciate you. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, of course. <laughs> and good luck to University of Texas. Uh, in yes, the, uh, yes. Hope they reach Final Four and perhaps even win the tournament. Who are you rooting for tomorrow, Mumbai or Delhi? Uh, I think I like Mumbai. Mumbai is a stronger team. Yeah, yeah that's true. So more than likely they'll win. All right, and then IPL is starting in no time. That's yeah, true. Next week. Next <laughs> okay. Week. Looking forward. Okay, well, folks. Uh, uh, goodbye uh, and have a safe weekend. Yes, enjoy the Jankili Kehede Sarajahan